This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me tonight are Richard Hawes. Hello, everyone. And Stephen Lockridge. Hello. This evening, or this episode even, uh, we're going to be looking at Father of Flies and You Are Not My Mother. Uh, Our short shot is trolleyed, and we're going to wind up with our DTV throwback, The Contractor. Uh, Without further ado, let's crack on. Our first review, then, is Father of Flies. Following a tragedy, a young boy tries to navigate the new family dynamic, which involves a seemingly cold-hearted stepmother and a strange supernatural goings-on, which occurs shortly after she moved in. Um, Interesting film, this. It reminded me of a German film called Goodnight Mummy. Um, I don't know if either of you have seen that one. No. So, yeah. I have heard of it as well. Yeah, that, that involved um, two young boys in that one um, whose mother had been away for um, some sort of surgery, you know, so, uh, some sort of uh, reconstructive facial surgery. And when she came, comes back, it seems like she's acting like a different person. Um, very good film. Uh, very interesting twist. Very different twist to what we get here. Um, but, you know, especially with the, you know, the stepmother <clears throat> walking around in that sort of plastic mask all the time, some sort of sort of humidifying contraption that she keeps wearing. Um, mm. I, I don't think she realizes quite how creepy it looks, um, but there you go. Uh, so, so yeah, we, ha- we have this sort of weird scenario going on. Um, Steve, what, what are your initial thoughts on uh, Father of Flies? Um, it was okay, it was one of them, you know, it's all a bit weird, a bit quirky, and it doesn't really reveal itself until the very last scene, really. Hmm. And kind of keeps you guessing, and, you know, you're just wondering what's going on and why is everything so weird and quirky. But, yeah, it was it was okay. I'll, there was good things and some things that didn't, didn't work for me, but apart from that, it was all right. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I begrudgingly like this. I, I, I wish it would make up its mind what it wants to be a little mm. bit. I, I, I find the film to be a bit schizophrenic. You know, is it trying to sort of build a sense of mounting dread about what's going on? Or, or is it going down the sort of Bloomhouse route of like really brash sort of jump scares? You know, yeah. it, it seems to want its cake and eat it too um, a lot of the time. Um, it's also a bit scattershot, uh, you know, um, certain characters aren't really fleshed out. I mean, it only runs to what, um, an hour and 10 minutes, an hour and 10. Um, uh, you know, the thing to do with the neighbor, for example, I, I, I guess it's, it's one of those films, it's one of those films which says, well, now you're going to have to watch it again. So, so you can see how everything fits now that you know what's actually going on. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Which, I, which I think is a bit of a cheat, but um, yeah, it, it does yeah, sort it, of keep its cards too close to its chest until the last minute. You know, almost the last minute. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I think you know there's films that it does kind of remind you of, especially the twist. But I don't want to say what it is in case exactly. Yeah, give, yeah, it'll just give everything away. So. Everyone's gonna, oh right, I see. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, I, I think there's some some you know definitely some good bits. I, I, um, I especially like the daughter. You know, um, yeah, that that th- thing that that worked for me. Uh, yeah, uh, I. I I really like the aesthetic of the um, the bedroom with the TV. If you know what I mean, mm. near the end. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that worked really well. That yeah. that was really good. Uh, I just some of the performances were a bit not wooden. I I get where it's coming from at the end. If you mm. know what I mean, you you it, it explains it how yeah. they're acting or what they're doing or you know what and it, it just it just didn't quite gel it was okay but like i say it wasn't mm. nothing we haven't seen before obviously but there, yeah um, there, are, there are films that remind me you know that i was reminded of while i was watching like you know the good night mommy was one mm. uh pie whacker is another one um with, with this sort of desolate sort of location yeah. things like that yeah um so yeah and 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 the sort of you know the teenage daughter sort of acting up and things um yeah. the thing with the the, na- the blind neighbor that didn't sort of do anything for me at all but again it's one yeah of those that things was the thing which, it was just like, yeah, it's trying to be a red herring, but isn't really, and mm. just comes to nothing really. It's sort of, you know, it doesn't really make any difference on the story. Yeah, to me, you know, it didn't really do do, do anything. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah, just so it's kind of wondering why those scenes are there to a little bit. Mm. But overall, I think I thought there was, there was a, it has a lot going for it. Uh, it definitely yeah. has a lot going for it. Um, it is going to keep people guessing as to what is actually happening, and you know, it, there's definitely a you know a strong sort of supernatural element to it. Um, although mm. you never you, you never fully understand what's you know what that is until I think it's the second to last scene, more or less. Yeah. You know, um, and you know, I think I think kudos um, for, for for going for that ending as well, basically, because you know, yeah. Yeah, not not many. Even though we're sort of talking about horror films, you know, not not many sort of going it's, that way. Yeah, it is. It is a good point, John. It has to be said. It yeah, really it is. is. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Okay. So, how are you going to score um, Father of Flies? I'd give this a six. Mm-hmm. I'm going one higher. I'm going with seven. Mm. Um, I, I think it does most things right. I just think, yeah, it just needs. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, as I said, it, it's one of those films that says, "Okay, now you know what's going on. Rewatch mm. it and and see if that adds context to to a lot of the scenes, yeah. um, especially with the mother. You know, that um, I, I think maybe it will sort of put a different slant on things." Um, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, so so possible rewatch value out of this one. Um, but yeah, a six and a seven for Father of Flies. Go check it out. Our next review is You Are Not My Mother. In a North Dublin housing estate, Char's mother goes missing. When she returns, Char is determined to discover the truth 
of her disappearance and unearth the dark secrets of her family. Um, brilliant title. Uh, when, when Rich mentioned this to me, I thought, oh God, what the hell is this? It sounds like mm. something something ripped out of um, Jeremy Kyle, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, yeah. thought, I thought it was going to be some really horrible kitchen sink drama. Uh, I was I was half right. It is a kitchen sink drama, but it's not horrible. It's it's actually very good, very nuanced. Um, I, I I really enjoyed this one a lot. It is very different to um, Father of Flies, which we just reviewed. In that it's 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 not brash. It's all about building atmosphere and, and messing with your head. Um, the film, you know, it for a long period. You're not really sure what's going on. It 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 looks like maybe Shah's mum is suffering from like bipolar disorder and has just like mm. gone off gone off on an episode. And you know the family's trying to cope. But then there's this incident when she comes back and her mother does something in the kitchen, and I was like, whoa, you know what the hell is this? What is what is this relationship that's that's going on here? Yeah. Can I just say, was it the bit in the in the bathroom? No, bathroom. It's, it's 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 the bit when she makes the stew. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. It's, it makes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The bit in the bathroom is is is, is freaky as well. You're absolutely right. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah. um, no, the bit with with um the nan, you know, um mm. basically she goes, oh, that smells nice, and does something else. That that is the moment I'm thinking, okay. There is clearly some weird dynamic going on here. Yeah. Uh, okay. But I, I, I really enjoy this. It is very low key. It's very, you know, um, very working class horror. This one, you know, it's a housing estate in in Belfast, um, set in uh, the main character is this girl Shah, whose mum seems to be suffering from sort of, you know, depression slash bipolar disorder, and um, yeah, just just disappears. Uh, a certain mm. point um there's, there's some really good sort of relationship drama in in this as well with um uh, her best friend or her burgeoning best friend because you never really had friends before i thought that was really interesting uh, i'll come back to that in a minute um but your thoughts on this one steve um i'll be honest i don't think i enjoyed it as much as you mike um <clears throat> to me it seemed to drag quite a lot and I know it was kind of trying to be grounded and, you know, like I say, it's on this Northern Irish Council estate and they're trying to be set in reality. But I think it went too far in the reality, if you know what I mean. Mm. There wasn't enough supernatural goings on. I mean, like I say, there's, there's a scene in the kitchen, it's in the bathroom. And that's kind of it, really. You know, because mm. it is to me, it is more she's like she's having a mental health episode, you know, that kind of thing. But because I, I had quite high hopes, especially from the opening scene, mm. you know, the pre credit scene, if you're thinking, what the fuck, you know, yeah. that, well, that's, you, that, well, exactly. That's a you're, you're, a dad. You're, you're, you're a yeah. dad. Um, yeah, uh, so I, I, I mean, I, I had like um, serious issues. With just that yeah. opening shot, yeah. you know, a, a, a baby in a stroller with, you know, at night in the middle of a street, no yeah. one around him at all. It's just abandoned there. I thought, mm -hmm. what the fuck? You know, I was getting serious, serious um, yeah. issues with that. 
yeah. <laughs> and then it, it just peeled. I mean, like all the stuff, like with the teacher and stuff. Like that, I, I don't think mm. that was necessary. It didn't, you know, it just kind of dragged it out a bit. And the, the performances were good, uh, especially. Is it Charlotte's pronounced? Mm-hmm. I think short for Charlotte. Yeah, Char- it, Char- yeah it's supposed to Charlotte. Isn't it? yeah. Um, but and a mate I thought was was quite good. The bully. Mm. Thought, no, she was a little bitch. She was really <laughs> good. Uh, hated her yeah. completely. But, but like I, said, I just think it was a bit too real for me. There wasn't mm. enough supernatural going on, or it didn't. To me, it didn't seem to build any tension towards where it was going. And it just kind of came out of nowhere. I know you got like the grand trying to explain what's going on and stuff like that. And she's mm. obviously a bit more wary and bit, knows a bit more what's going on. But it, again, it just it just felt a little flat to me. Yeah. No, I, I must admit, I, I did really like this one. There are two, two uh, scenes in particular um that really worked one is and, and funny enough they're both kind of to do with her friend um mm. name I can't remember uh, and and there are sort of um you know there are overtones that her friend might be gay um yeah you know but it, it obviously never established or anything but there is a, mm. a funny scene when the bully sort of confronts her and sort of oh, you know you're like lesbian or something ridiculous like that and after she wanders off the other girl the black girl sort of goes text me which i thought was brilliant yeah. <laughs> which there you go yeah. um but but the other scene which for me was actually the best moment in the film is when the the friend is, is sat at the sat in the dining room or the kitchen mm. um and you, she'd already sort of made this speech about you know that um, she wears this locket uh, which used to belong to her mum and her mum's always sort of looking after her yeah you know looking over her sort of thing um, that scene I thought was brilliant, and mm. you know, um, yes, she is. <laughs> she really is looking out for you, telling you when not to do stupid things. So yeah, yeah that that really worked. It's, it's just a shame that you know. I suppose the ending was it was good, you know, um, but it, it it's done on a budget. I suppose they couldn't really sort of do anything too massive. But yeah, I, I, it worked. It worked for me. I must admit, I, I did enjoy this. The only, the only character I didn't really sort of get on with was was the brother. Um, you know, yeah. the, the uncle guy. I thought and he didn't really need to be there at all. But there you go. So scores on the doors for this one. I give it a five on that. Yeah, I'm definitely giving this a seven. So mm-hmm. a five and a seven for you are not my mother. Go check it out. Our short shot this week is trolleyed. A drunken chav dumps the chopping trolley he's been using only for him to face some serious retribution. Uh, Rich, why don't you take us through this one? Uh, Quite a basic, simple premise, this one. It's man gets uh, stalked by chopping trolley. (laughs) Mm. Um, uh, Which... It, fairly simple. It's not the first time it's been done. I'll get onto that in a minute. But the, um, I just thought the execution was quite good. It's quite simple. It's basically one man, one trolley, uh, in a, in a five minutes of uh, 
tension and and, and humor there's mm-hmm. there's say it's it's just a simple concept and it's just quite um, amusingly executed definitely mm-hmm. um yeah steve what are your thoughts on this one yeah it's a ron seal thing you know it does what it says in the tin it's quite funny quite humorous and quite well shot especially on the um like the subway bit at the end and stuff like that. Mm. I enjoyed them bits. It, it, you know, it's nice and funny and it is what it is. You, you know, you can't really go much more into it. Um, but the final shot, I thought, was quite good as well. That was quite... <laughs> Ali, Ali did it and, yeah. you know, the effects were really good on it and he just kind of came out of nowhere, really, but it's a shopping trolley stalking a man. That's you know that's all it is. A pissed up cop, you know. And, yeah, exactly. And, it, and it could be construed. You know, you'd look at it. On, I mean, we we've looked at numerous films in the past. Um, you know about inanimate objects made to look scary. Mm. You know, we've had drones. We've had uh, a toaster. That that was a classic yeah. one. You know, things like that. Um, yeah. And here we have a shopping trolley. It's the most mundane objects on the planet basically you know um mm. but but they do a good job of actually making it a bit sinister in, the, yeah. in this film and, and and part of that is down to some really good editing and you know just just the way they do the shots like you know when when the guy gets in the car turns on the headlights and there it is in front of him even mm. though we, we know he pushed it you know over to the side and then when he's going to reverse away he looks around and there it is again you know it's just just really really well done um yeah and and then you know how 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 much how dangerous can a shopping trolley be well we find out you know you yeah think you get yeah. fingers caught in it and all sorts <laughs> it could be pretty nasty i was sort of squint, um yeah sort of cringing a bit when uh you know he gets his fingers trapped in it but yeah no, i thought this was um was was very good indeed yeah it's very short it? four minutes but there you go one of the things I thought was interesting about it was that it's Scottish, and I don't think mm. we've actually covered that many Scottish films. I can't; nothing even actually yeah. springs to mind. So, not shorts sure that, anyway. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, shorts or features, really. But um, the, uh, mm. the, the, the I think I can't think of many shorts or any. Nothing comes to mind that we've covered. So I thought. That, so this is a a Scottish collective, basically mm. called um, Dark Recess. Actually, the, the director is on a couple of different production companies, but the um, a lot of the films coming out of this dark recess are he's either directed or he's otherwise involved in. Uh, this Russell Miller. Uh, I've watched another one called Whistle, mm-hmm. which is pretty good. That's just mm. a handful of minutes long. Uh, so their, their channel is definitely worth a look. But in terms of the killer trolley kind of thing, there was a film called 20, from 2012 called Killer Cart, made in the US, um, All right. uh, about uh, basically the same thing, but the story is over fifteen minutes, so it actually <laughs> right. and that actually does sustain the concept really well for the. So if you if you like this, you know, check out mm-hmm. Killer Car. Maybe do a double bill if you haven't seen either. You know, you, you know, mm-hmm. listening. Um, I think they're quite. The, so one's one's Scottish, one's American. Quite a nice little double bill for about twenty minutes. Awesome. Um, yep, so we don't score the shorts, but we do recommend you check them out, and you'll find a link to this in the footnotes below. Uh, 
Our DTV throwback this week is The Contractor. A retired operative is brought to London to finish off a loose end, only to be betrayed by his handler and left with all of Scotland Yard on his tail, and only a teenage girl to offer him a hand. Uh, I started watching this is on uh, Netflix at the moment. Um, I put it on the other week, and I had no idea that Wesley Snipes was going to be in this. You know, I, I just sort of stuck it on, like the sound of the premise, and oh, it's a Wesley Snipes film, which is quite kind of interesting. Um, I, I really like this. It's um, it's an interesting one from that period of sort of Snipes filmography, leading up to his uh, incarceration, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I think this has a decent polish for um, a DTV film, and uh, you know, it's something I'll talk about in a minute. Uh, Steve, how did you get on with the contractor? Yeah, I enjoyed this actually. Um, I thought Snipes was really good. Um, I liked the the relationship between him and the the girl, um, Lena Headey and Charles Dance playing, you know, father and daughter again. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed. It. The only thing I didn't really like, and it sounds bad, this, but was some of the action. Um, the way it was shot and edited together, it just didn't seem to. It, 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 it seemed like they were papered over cracks, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. I enjoyed the initial, you know, the, the police chase and the, yeah. the taxi crash and whatever. Oh, I was done really well, but some of the later ones, especially like the airport, it's like being in a rave, you know, all the <laughs> going off and everything like that, you know. But apart from that, yeah, no, I did actually really enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rich? Yeah, so th- there there are interesting things about it, but it is from, it is kind of, it's from that period where um, Snipes was settling into DTV and he was making a whole bunch of films for Sony. Mm. So between doing, so for example, in 2004, he made Unstoppable, which was probably the first of these ones. In the, yeah. in the same year, he made Blade mm-hmm. Trinity. So that's where his career was. You know, it was kind of like he, he, he was he was he was still in cinemas, but he was basically bound for for the for the videos for shelves and stuff. So yeah, he did Unstoppable, Seven Seconds, The Marksman, The Detonator, The Contractor, all very similar kind of titles. Mm. After a while. Um, and then like the, and then the uh, Art of War 2 and uh, Game of Death and stuff. So and they're all fairly similar, but they've all got their own sort of unique flavors and stuff. I think something like Seven Seconds and the Marksman and the and the Detonator, they they're just instantly forgettable. I don't really think remember anything about them. What what's notable about this one is that, as you say, he's in London. So um, and not only that. We've got some notable supporting cast, including mm. Charles Dance, mm. uh, with, for for a, for a short time anyway. But we've also got Lena Headey, and we've got Ralph Brown. Uh, unfortunately, doing a, doing an American yeah. accent, but but still nice British supporting cast. Um, the young girl, Eliza Bennett, uh, is uh, doing quite. She this was early in her career. She's on things like um, Dynasty now. You know the new version of Dynasty. Uh, and she's a singer and stuff, so she, she's um, sustained a career into adult adulthood. Um, she's quite good in this, but it, the concept is basically 
another riff on Leon, Man on Fire, Take Your mm-hmm. Pick, you know, Hitman mm-hmm. and Child, you know, kind of, kind of the, the the badass juxtaposition thing of you know, of the the the, the hardened killer with the uh, with the innocent uh, young mm-hmm. girl who who has to become kind of a father figure to. So that's all a bit, you know, that's fine for what it is. I think the the what um, Steve was alluding to the, the kind of avid farts stuff that keeps mm-hmm. going on with all the editing because the film has kind of a dull British, you know, low, low budget kind of look to it, or, or not even necessarily British, but just it's got it just feels a bit cheap, mm. um, and the editing tries to liven that up and it doesn't really work. Uh, this no. was not just the case in this film. It was just it, in all the films of this yeah. time, they would do it. It was a thing of it's the all, period. All the time, that's right. Yeah, of the time. Um, the, I will say that I th- I'm pretty sure that some, because it, it, it was a co-production with Bulgaria and I'm pretty sure some of it was shot there because in some of the scenes, it's clearly not the, it's clearly not London because there's mm-hmm. like a, there's like a sign in like you know like a, a, a i guess in bulgarian like language mm. like a formal sign you know just, not just like someone's written yeah. something like like a like something like on the building an official an official Sorry. sign yeah and it was like there's a scene that they shot it like right next to it and, and i'm thinking why didn't you just film slightly away from that sign yeah. that's sort of that seems mm. a bit odd but for the most part i mean i i don't know if it what how much of it was not shot in the uk but i think it's it's hard to tell, you know. I mean, they certainly seem looks like they did a, a lot of location, unlike something like London Has Fallen, mm. you know, which was set in London, but I don't think they shot any of it in London apart from perhaps a couple of establishing shots or something. But so I think that gives it a nice flavour. It's too long. It doesn't need to be an hour and 45 minutes. Mm. And it's mm. say so it's over familiar, a bit dull, but I do like the novelty of seeing Wesley Snipes. Up, up, you know, with these British actors in a British setting, it's quite nice. And uh, yeah, probably that. Oh, and it's from. This is another reason why it's a, a bit disappointing that it's uh, so dull visually and stuff because it's directed by a guy called Joseph Rusnak, yeah, who made one of my favourite films of the late nineties, uh, The Thirteenth Floor. Oh yeah, which mm. had a similar concept to The Matrix and was kind of. Um, you know, uh, mm. little scene because of that. I think most people do because it wasn't an action movie. It was much more of a, a detective story, thriller kind of thing. But really, really good film. But it's, because it kind of didn't do that well, his career never really took off, and he ended up in in video, in DTV and stuff, and yeah. didn't really get a chance to shine. But so uh, he he did this, and then he went on to do um, Art of War Two uh, with um, with Snipes afterwards. Mm-hmm. One final point is, I think, although the film is very light on action, there is quite a good uh, Snipes fight scene. You know where he gets to, he gets to unleash. Yeah. Uh, that's a pretty. It's it's a bit. It looks a bit speeded up and over edited to a certain extent, but you can still see him doing moves and stuff because you know Wesley Snipes is a very good martial artist, and you yeah. know we've seen him in mm. uh, in a number of excellent fight scenes. Uh, you know, Passenger Fifty Seven and all sorts of stuff. Uh, and this was one he did with um, Chuck Jeffries, who's uh, acted in films like Blood Moon and stuff. So he was the choreographer who worked with him on this and several other films around the time. So that's quite cool as well. Um, but yeah, though, so 
those are those are my I, I don't really like like this film that much I've got to be honest um, but I do think it's it's a curio and it's quite interesting I was pleasantly entertained by this I must admit um I was a bit worried you know um after Wes, you know Wesley Snipes gets injured early on his character gets injured mm. early on and he makes it back to this safe house uh, in this you know building where this this girl and her grand are living mm-hmm. um and I was a bit worried that we're going to end up with a film where Wesley Snipes pulls a Bruce Willis and basically spends the whole film on the couch. Yeah, you know, I was I was a bit worried that's the way it was heading, and this little girl was going to you know going to be the main focus. I mean, I think they do a good job of splitting the focus, sort of roughly fifty fifty between the pair. Um, and and mm. she is a sympathetic character, and you, you know, and you can see why she's getting involved. In, in this sort of stuff. Um, now, I mentioned. Don't, don't you feel like though that? Don't you feel like that her her stuff is really not actually very relevant to what's going on? It doesn't actually intersect. It's almost like two different films. Mm. It's um, like it no. doesn't. It, no. She never comes into play a huge amount. It's kind of just like a, a an aside. Oh, kind of, but but I think that's what he needs. He doesn't want mm-hmm. someone who you know. He doesn't need someone who everyone's going to go get the girl mm. kind of thing yeah. because she's too involved. You know, he, he he needs somebody sort of on on the on the periphery of it anyway. Mm. But um, you know, I, I mentioned Bruce Willis, and we all know what's happened there. But the fact of the matter is, he's made a lot of shit films, and not the fact that he's shit in them. They're shit films, um, mm. as as we as we've mentioned. And watching this you can really see a difference in quality. Um, not so much from, you know, the budget and the locations and stuff, just the way the camera moves. You know, there, there are some brilliant establishing shots for like when um, Lena Headley turns up at a crime scene where mm-hmm. the camera is sort of move, you know, for, um, leading her towards the camera kind of thing. Um, and it is, it's all motion. And you just don't see that in a lot of American productions. It's, you know, the camera's sort of very static or or it's all jiggly juggly kind of crap. But, mm. um, you know, the, this, this is very sort of precise and, and, and quite dynamic. And, you know, it really did stand out. Another thing with that, in terms of the visuals, is I think, I, I suspect this was shot in a wider aspect ratio because some mm. of the shots look way too zoomed in. So I don't believe that they would have shot it that way. I think it's, mm. you know, one of these, um, you know, like when you get a, a film on, it's been shot in full widescreen, but then they 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 uh, zoom it, in yeah. on it. A bit yeah. like the pan and scan yeah. thing, basically. Yeah. Uh, variation on that. I think that's what they did here. So I think there were probably some more, more artfully composed shots that were ruined in, in the edit, if you see what mm. I mean. Yeah, yeah. which mm. is a shame. But yeah, I, I, I thought this worked. Um, overall, it was, it was a pleasant surprise to come across it on Netflix because Netflix isn't known for um, sort of delving too far back in the past when it when it's sort of uh, putting its films on. I think the oldest no, film it's got is is The Hunt for Red October or something ridiculous yeah. like that. At the yeah. same time, they added this. They added the hard hardcore, hardcore, yes, exactly. Jean Claude Van Damme movie, which isn't very good. No, the, no um, I dodged a bullet then because I was going to watch that last night. And well, again, it it's got interesting. Th- there's interesting things about that movie. Like, for example, it's basically a predominantly black cast movie hmm. with Jean-Claude Van Damme, which is quite <laughs> unusual. 
in itself. But again, that's another film that's way too long. Mm-hmm. Um, the I'm just wondering, have you seen many of the films that I've mentioned from this I period? I, I must admit, other no. than, other than the Art of War, which I <clears throat> which I think sort of predates that period. Yeah, Art of War Two is from this period. Yeah, yeah. Art of War Two is interesting because he goes out to get revenge for his uh, martial arts master, who who is a who is either either a trans or uh, you know crossdresser or, or whatever the situation is. It's a very strange plot detail that they mm. add in <laughs> about yeah, especially that, especially for that period. Yeah, yeah exactly. So um, the the. Yeah, Unstoppable actually liked uh, when mm-hmm. at least I've, I've had a sort of an on-off, do I like it, do I don't? But I, I remember yeah. quite liking that the first time I saw it. But some of the others were, especially yeah. something like The Detonator, just too too generic for their own good, unfortunately, and The Marksman. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think uh, Game of Death is a bit interesting because there's like Gary Daniels and stuff in that. And, it, and uh, so that's that's that brings a, a little bit more. But then I say, I think he went off. I mean, there was Gallo Walkers, which kind of got held for a bit. Yeah, I never, I never saw that. I, I did see that one, actually. Um, Is that any good? Unfortunately, no. It, it's one of these, it, it, you know, he he's almost playing like a Seagull, Steven Seagull character in that mm-hmm. nobody can touch him. You know, mm-hmm. he, he gets to kill everyone, you know, but Neri gets a scratch sort of thing. It is incredibly one-sided all the way through the film. Which is disappointing. Um, well, this is like a Stevens. This one, the detonator. The, the, sorry, the contractor. Mm. Because of this period, like this one's a bit like a, a Stevens. I mean, some of the scenes in it are really similar to st- certain Stevens yeah, films from the period. Tea. The whole thing about the horse at the end with the little yeah. girl. There was a scene exactly like that in a cigar movie and stuff. And mm. Seagull would give his right arm to to, yeah. to be in a film where he just has to sit on the couch. <laughs> they'd have rewritten the script so well he did do that movie remember sniper special arts I he was sitting he on a chair for that. <laughs> so ridiculous but um, yeah but, uh, but well, i i enjoyed this and, and if you know if you, if you haven't seen anything from sort of snipes's uh dtv period then i think this is a good shout yeah yeah part, partly because mm. of the court you know the cast uh, and you know the location it, yeah, it's setting it in London sort of helps it sort of raise up the production values a bit. It's, it's so you know the fact they've actually had to try a bit harder than, than some of the others. Did they Lena Headey and Charles Dance work on like Game of Thrones together? Yes. Yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't think they had many scenes together, but yeah, he 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 was you know Lord. He was a dad uh, again. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So this movie would be quite interesting for Game of Thrones fans. Yeah, thought, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and she and she is good in this, Lena Head. She, you know, yeah, very, very good in this. So yeah, we do not score the uh, throwbacks, but we certainly recommend them. Uh, if you're a Netflix subscriber, you will find it on there under the action category. Go check it out. And other than that, that is the end of the show. So thank you for listening. Thank you to Steve and Rich for helping us cover these films this evening. No problems. No problem. Sorry, I couldn't. <laughs> the first two. <laughs> the first two. I really did like the uh, You're Not My Mother. Anyway, um, don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Twitter at the DTV Digest. Also, check us out um, with the short shots, the DTV Digest short shots, uh, and also their Twitter page where uh, Rich puts a link to a new short every evening around about eight o'clock. Other than that, thank you for listening. Tune in next time. 
you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.